Hello, we are glad you're listening to this message by Dr. M. Oladoin Odubanjo. You are sure to receive God's whole counsel for your life, family, work, and all that concerns you in these contemporary times. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you blessed already? So that's fine, isn't it? Amen. You know, one of the things, one of the things that I'm praying for is that we have disrupted services. You know, whereby things can go as we planned. You know, where I, I'm a very organized person, almost finicky as we put it. Uh, such that if you entered my office or my room and you moved my pen, I would know you moved the pen. You know, if you moved the paper on the table, I would know that you moved the paper on the table. You know, so um, that finicky, you know, but um, I'm praying that we'll have services uh, that we will not be able to control in the name of Jesus. You know, not, um, you'll come in, we pray for 30 minutes, right? Uh, we'll have two fast songs and one slow one. Amen. All lasting for 15 minutes. If you go beyond 15 minutes, you are out of order. Amen. Uh, but we'll have services where we can't even just, we just don't know what we're doing. We're just flowing with God. Can I have an amen? Uh, where God can have his way. Uh, where the uh, offering can come before the message. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the announcement can come right after the praise and worship. Is that okay? You know, because otherwise people have it all timed and laid out that yeah, they, after this they are going to do this. Then after they do this, they are going to do this, you know. Uh, but we trust God that we'll have services you can predict. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> so basically, um, this morning I'm going to try to uh, run up. What I know about it is that, well, I have my whole message laid out. Uh, but like I said, it doesn't make a difference, you know, what happens and how time has been used up because ultimately it's about obeying God. So whatever God does uh, is good. Amen. Uh, in fact, if you read the Old Testament when, we did, when they were dedicating the temple, uh, the Bible says that the, you know, the music ministered, ministered uh, and by the time they were done, nobody could stand to minister. You know, everybody was just laid out on the floor and all of that. And that was the service. You know, so can you imagine us coming for, for service and after praise and worship, or by the time praise and worship is about done, so to speak, we're all on the floor. You know, and um, we said, Pastor, when we're going to open the meeting, go and give welcome address, it's just crying on the floor. You know, uh, you say, I mean, even set my cry on the floor. I mean, and everybody's looking, who we go and open it. Nobody's ready to talk. Hallelujah. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4. That's the third time I'm saying that, isn't it? It's okay. So, Second Corinthians 4, look at verse 16. It said, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now jump to chapter 5 and look at verse 7. It said, For we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, our text, or these texts this morning, basically tell us that the Walk or the Christian walk is one that looks at 
the unseen. You know, that's a, a, a very funny way to put it. But it says that we look at the things that cannot be seen. So we are very strange human beings. Amen. Uh, we look at things that nobody else can see. We are looking at our manner of life, our work in this life is based upon seeing things that nobody else can see. Uh, as a matter of fact, the word look, if I may clarify, is not necessarily saying that we can see things with our physical eyes, uh, but it's saying to us that there's something we see, whether we see it in our spirit internally, or we see it even physically sometimes, something that is not actually visible. So there can be uh, what you will call a vision. I can see things that you know, people don't see. Everybody else doesn't, doesn't see. You know, uh, while in Acts chapter 9 it was, uh, Saul of Tarsus was on the way uh, to... Uh, wherever. He was on his way. And when he was on the way there, going to persecute the believers, the Bible says that he saw the Lord appeared to him, but the people there did not see anything. All the people with him didn't see anything. They heard the voice, but they didn't see, but he saw something. Are you still there? So the point is that we can see. What I'm asking you this morning is what are you looking at? That's what I'm asking you this morning. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Because the, the text is basically telling us that the believer, the believer, the Christian that you and I are supposed to be, is one that actually looks at the unseen. In fact, the first part of it in Second Corinthians chapter 4 is talking about the fact that there may be afflictions, there may be issues, there may be situations in our lives. It says, but these things are temporary and they are working for us a far greater weight of glory. While, that's verse 18, the last verse, it says, while we do not look at the things that are seen. So basically it's saying that while all of that is going on, whatever is happening around us in our lives, we don't look at the things that are seen. Please tell your neighbor, say, we don't look at things that are seen. Basically, what it means is that, of course, it doesn't mean you are blind, but what he's talking about is that we have our focus on something else, not the things that are seen. We are basically focused upon something, and it is that which cannot be seen. And chapter 5 and verse 7 clarifies that further. It says that we walk by faith and not by sight, meaning that we are not controlled, we are not moved, we are not pushed around by the things that we can see, but we look at things that cannot be seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Can I have an amen? You know, and actually your victory in life uh, uh, depends upon your ability to actually focus on the unseen. What you can see, like the Bible tells us, is temporary, it's fickle, sometimes it's unpleasant. But your stability, your steadiness, your, your victory depends on your being able to focus on that which cannot be seen. Just like Peter in Matthew chapter 14 where the Bible says that they were caught in a storm and they were all in a boat and Jesus began to come to them upon that same storm, upon the water, walking upon the water and everybody in the boat was scared. You know, and then Peter said to Jesus, he said, Master, if it be you, bid me come. And Jesus said to him, come. And the Bible says that Peter began to walk upon the water towards Jesus. Now, definitely, he, I mean, he, he walked upon the water, uh, but you and I know that there is no way you can really walk upon any body of water in that sense. Even if it's a small puddle, you will step into the water. You don't actually walk upon that water. In fact, the Bible says that as he walked towards him, at a certain point, Peter looked at the winds that were, uh, the, the wind that was boisterous. That's what, that was the word. The, the wind that was boisterous around him, and the Bible says, beginning to sink. 
he cried out for help. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So basically what was happening was that what made Peter walk upon the water was that he was focused upon something else and the moment he got distracted and was focused upon what he could see and the boisterous wind, he began to sink. Does that make any sense? His ability to walk upon the water is not based on the fact that the water was strong or the water was ice block or whatever it was. Uh, that water, that was the sea. Are you still there? And like I always usually say to people, that if the wind was calm and there was no wind and all of that, can you attempt walking upon the swimming pool? Even if it's a swimming pool. You know? So it, it, it had nothing to do with the water itself, but it had everything to do with the focus of Peter. So while he focused upon the word, the master has said, come. While he focused upon that which could not be seen, but was just the word of God, he could walk upon the water, he could do the impossible, but the moment he took his gaze off that word and that instruction, and he began to look at the boisterous wind, he began to sink. Are you still there? Hebrews 12. The Bible says that Jesus was able to endure the cross. How? He said, because he set his eyes upon the joy that was before him. So there was something else he was looking upon that made him go through, through, through the cross. Not go to the cross, but through the cross. He kept his sight upon something else that made him endure the cross and he could come through such an experience, a difficult experience with such ease. Are you still there? I'm sure you have heard Proverbs 29 verse 18 before. Where the Bible says that where there is no vision, uh, the people perish. But the, the, the trick with it is that that word vision is not talking about your dream of wanting to be a billionaire. Your dream of wanting to be this or your dream of wanting to be that. That word vision actually means uh, a revelation. A revelation. Can I hear you say Revelation. So what the Bible is saying is that where there is no divine revelation, the people perish. Where there is no divine revelation, the people are scattered. Where there is no divine revelation, the people are perturbed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where there is no divine revelation, the people lose control. So the divine revelation is that you can see something that God is showing you. And that is what keeps you steady. That it was, that's what keeps you running. That's what keeps you going. Even when everybody else can't understand. At least looking at your life, they can't figure out why you are still on your feet. Are you there? Perhaps the biggest asset of the believer is that divine revelation. Because where there is no divine revelation, the people perish. Are you with me? Let me quickly break this down. Number one thing that I'm saying to you is that there is an unseen world. Okay? There is an unseen world. So, that unseen world really, really exists. It's not a figment of imagination. It's not a story. There is an unseen world that really, really, really exists. Are you with me? You know, in Second Kings chapter 6, something happened. They came, there was war between the king of Syria, between Syria, let's put it that way, and Israel. So the king of Syria, of course, just like any good, I mean, any army would do, would plan out a strategy. And say, we're going to go to this place, and then we'll hide here, and wait for them, and we'll ambush the army of Israel when they come through here, and all of that. And they will plan out all of these things, and when they do, you know, surprisingly, they will get to the place, try to act out their plan, 
and the Israeli, Israeli army would be nowhere to be found. Or the Israeli army would have dodged that place. And the king tried it once, twice, and it kept failing. So the man called his people together. He said, now tell me, who is this spy amongst us? You need to tell me what is going on. Who is telling the king of Israel the secrets that, that we design here? So one person, sharp guy, I don't know how he knew. But one guy said to him, he said, sir, nobody here is a spy. He said, but there's a man in Israel, there's a prophet in Israel, who tells the king of Israel everything that you say, even in your bedroom. <laughs> of course, that's impossible. He's not telling everything. that. He, but you know, he said, the everything you say, even in your bedroom, there is one prophet there that is telling the king. So the king said, okay, you, you know what we'll do? Let's take out that prophet. Okay? So he sent out his army, not to attack Israel as a whole, as it were anymore. He sent them after prophet Elisha. So, Elisha woke up in the morning. His servant went to open the door, open the windows, and behold, the army of Syria has surrounded the place. So the guy screamed. You can imagine the way, I mean, it's only armed robbers we see, maybe five or six, and we scream. You know? Now, can you imagine when you see a whole army, and they are all surrounding the place, it's you that an army has come to face. So the guy screamed, Master, we're in trouble. So the man came up, he looked, and he was so calm and unperturbed about the situation that the servant was wondering, this man is definitely mad. Can't you see what I see? But then the man told him, he said, look, the ones that are with us, they are more than they that are against us. Then he prayed, and he said, God, open his eyes that he may see. And then the guy's eyes opened, and guess what he saw? He saw chariots, he saw an army up in the hills. But this was not a natural army. This was angels. He saw an army. Guess how powerful that is? If you see an army of angels, that's more than enough. Because only one in the Old Testament, once in one night, went to attack an enemy camp, and guess how many people died by morning? 185,000 people were dead. So now he saw an army that was greater than the army that came against them. But the real point is this, is that there was something that Elisha was looking at, but that servant could not see until God opened his eyes. I'm talking about the fact that there is a real world. A real unseen world. When we talk about spirituals, we're not just telling fables. We're saying things that really, really, really do exist. The biggest undoing of, of a believer is to be captured in this physical world, is to see everything just in this physical realm. What has happened to you that way is that you have been reduced in your capabilities. You have been limited in your abilities because we walk by faith and not by sight. Our best capabilities are shown when we walk by faith while looking at the things that are not seen. Are you there? But it's when you will see the best of who we really as believers. And I'm talking about every one of us. Are you there? I won't tell the story how we're ministering to a lady years ago who I believe God was um, calling into a very strong healing ministry. And I, with a, with a number of friends, you know, who, many of whom actually were prophets, if I may say so. And we're ministering to this lady, and I said to her, I said, stretch forth your hands. I said, God, you'll feel God's power burn in your palms. 
And the moment she did, her palms began to shake, almost like somebody holding something very hot, you know, and she was weeping and holding, and her hands were shaking and all of that. And anyway, we prayed and blah, blah, we ended that night. And the next morning, my friend called me. And he said, ah, doing what did you see when we were praying for that lady? And I said, I did not see anything. I said, all I knew was what I was saying. He said, said, why did you say what you said? I said, because I knew God was doing that. And I was just saying what I knew inside of me, God was saying. Remember, I also said to you, that looking doesn't mean necessarily you are seeing something with your physical eyes. Are you there? I said, so I was just saying what I knew inside of me. So my friend laughed. And I said, well, tell me, what's going on? He said, well, when you were saying it, he said, I could see. He said, and while you, it's just as if the moment you said it, I saw coals of fire being dropped in her palms. And I thought you saw it because you were saying it so accurately that I thought you were seeing what I was seeing. Are you there? There is a real unseen world. Everything about this life is not what we can see. There is an unseen world. If I say to you there are angels in this room, you say yes because you are supposed to say yes. <laughs> are you there? But do you believe that they are? You know, one of my favorite things to say when I get on a plane is Psalm, is that Psalm 91. That it says that he will give his angels charge over you, that they will bear you in their arms. So I say, I'm not flying the plane. I'm flying the arms of angels. <laughs> it's too risky to depend on the plane and the pilot. It's too risky, you know. Uh, and, and also, I hate the turbulence. So, usually, I, I remember to remind myself of that scripture because that is to help me through turbulence. So, I don't want a turbulent flight. I want it to go smoothly because the angels don't fly turbulently. Are you there? I'm talking about the reality. The reality. Do you really believe the things that you are reading in the Bible? A lot of it are not things that you can see. A lot of things will be things you will have to believe. But you will see it spiritually, if I may put it that way. Are you there? You know, I, I mean, I, I've told several times for, what, four years, we're believing God for a child when we got married. Um, one year, maybe that must have been maybe two years into marriage or whatever, I was sleeping in the night, and I had a dream. And the summary of it basically was we had a child. There were certain circumstances around then, looked like I traveled somewhere, I came home, we had a child and all of that. About two years later, a year or two later, you know, I woke up at exactly midnight. I had a dream. It ended, reached that point at about midnight. And I woke up. You know, stepped into the sitting room. I thanked God a little bit uh, because I knew that God had showed me what was to come. Okay? It didn't matter whatever they were saying. At that point, we were still in and out of hospitals. But I knew God had showed me something. So I just went into the sitting room. I thanked Him because I knew it was a done deal. Well, I've known that before from God's word, and my wife would say very often, if I were almost fought over it, because I always look like I don't care. You know, but when he showed me that, I thought that was too much of a confirmation. You know, so I thanked God and, and left it at that. And um, to cut a long story short, about a year or so later, I was going to travel, I was going to the UK. And I said to Pastor BJ, who is in the Bible, and I said to him, I said, you know, uh, we're going to have the child now. I said, this is what I saw. You know, it just dawned upon me. I said, this is what I saw. I said, so this is what is going to happen now. Uh, by the time I returned, I think it was, I returned in September, October, we had the child. Okay? But then, before we did, I mean, when my wife conceived, you know, she would come in, fly to the UK. I came home twice. I think she flew over twice. You know, 
when she actually conceived, she didn't know at the point when she still had no clue. I had a friend who came to church to minister and she tells me this story. So his feet are beautiful in our house. My wife likes him. <laughs> okay. So he was ministering and he said to her, he said, God will do it. You know, he kept on ministering and blah, blah, blah. So he came back. He said, no, God has done it. He has shown me. He has done it. You know, she had no clue until about three weeks or so later when she knew she was pregnant. She was like, oh my God, this guy's <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there is a real unseen world. You can imagine the guy coming and say, God will do it. Then he goes around the message people. He comes back and says, no, I got that wrong. God has done it. And even she didn't know. Are you still there? Number two thing is to realize that that unseen world actually determines the seen world. In fact, Second Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things that are seen, uh, for the things that are seen are temporary, uh, but we look at the things that are not seen because they are eternal. Another translation says we look at the things that are we don't look at the things that are seen because they are temporary and passing away, but we look at the things that are not seen, which are eternal and actually, I mean, no, it says the things that are not seen are subject to change by the things which are not seen. I think that's the amplified version. It says we don't look at the things that are seen because they are temporary and they are subject to change by the things that are not seen. So which is better? Which is more important? If something is temporary and is subject to change by the unseen, then where ought I to function more than the other? What advantage do I get when I function spiritually? It's a great advantage because that is where the things are determined. I usually like to tell people also that in life, don't react to things, but just act. What do I mean by that? Don't do things just because somebody pressed your toe, then the next thing you kick him. Or something, you know. But take your time to pray and to find out, God, what am I supposed to do? Because whatever God is leading you to do is that which is being ordained spiritually. And that is what will change what is in the physical. When we were speaking about Jesus, if you were, if you were here on Thursday, we are talking about John chapter 5. And the fact that Jesus was revealing the key to his ministry. And he said, it is whatsoever I see the Father do, that is what I do. Simple. So, I'm seeing what God is doing, and I'm just replicating what God is doing, and that is why you think, oh, Jesus was a great guy. Jesus was fantastic. Jesus was this. He said, I was only seeing what God was doing, and I was just doing the same thing. Are you there? I said, are you there? In fact, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, you see, the, the problem is we, we think, because I can see Pastor Why he looks so real. I can see his shoes. I can see the chair. They look so real. But all of that can change. Including him disappearing. <laughs> I know you are wondering. But Elijah went up in a chariot of fire once. You know, they saw him going somewhere and the next thing disappeared. So when Elijah came back and they said, where's your master? He said, well, the master is gone. They said, let's send people to go and look for him. The man said, don't waste your time. But those prophets still sent people there and after many days they came back and said, we can't find him. He said, but I told you before. Are you still there? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Or am I talking like somebody from Pluto? You understand what I'm saying? Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. That's where your Bible begins from. Am I right? It says to us, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The important thing there is that word created. 
That word created means to make something out of nothing. Right from the very beginning, what the Bible tells us is the capability of God to make something out of nothing. Are you still with me? Hebrews 11 and verse 3, talking about the same thing, or similar thing, was saying that by faith we know that the words were created by the things that are not seen, even by the word of God. Now, the word words is important in that place. Hebrews 11, 3. The word words there is important. The word words there doesn't just mean the word, as in the physical world we can see. It also talks about the ages or the dispensations of life. But the word and the dispensations, whether it is seasons, uh, whether it is uh, summer, whether it is uh, rainy season and it's a matan and all of that, he said the word, the physical word, as well as the seasons, were created by the word of God. So I always like to say that the seasons of your life can be created by the unseen, even as by the word of God. Are you there? The believer's life is not meant to be a gamble. Uh, it's not meant to be even entirely, totally rational. The Bible says that it's like the wind. We don't know where it's coming from and we don't know where it's going. But yet it is rational to the person who walks in the Spirit. You can tell. For instance, in church, you wonder, oh, what, what, what are we doing? What's the church? Well, I'll tell you what we're doing. We're following what God is saying to us. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to have the um, biggest church in the world. We're not trying to have, what, what, did, what did I say the other day when they said uh, the church that has the, what, what did they call it? I, I said I saw in, in Abakaliki, swagger. Yeah. They said this is a church with a swagger. So we don't have any swagger, I'm sorry. Okay, we don't have any swagger. But we try to follow what God is saying. You know, in, in Ibadan, when we moved, we moved from Bodija, we moved to Songo area. Which, over the years, I've met people who have said many things about the place where we are, where we are located in Ibadan. Okay, and some have even said and suggested things like you should move and get out of that place. Uh, but the only reason why we are there is because God said we should be there. Are you with me? You know, as a matter of fact, you know, the, the first time, I don't know if Pastor Emma will remember, when I went searching and I found that place, uh, first, the building was not going to be, we had to knock down some walls. It's a small building, but we had to knock down some walls. And at first, they were not even going to allow it. And the man said to me, the agent said to me, you know, some churches had been here. And we said, no. He said, well, for some reason, I'm saying yes, you know, to you. And I went back. We had saved a little money. I don't remember how much it was. But it was a little money in comparison to what we needed. So I thought to myself, for sure, when I get back and I talk to people like him, I talk to Pastor BJ and all that, and I tell all of them, this is what I found, and this is how much they're asking for. They're going to say, how can we do it? We don't have, I mean, we don't have any money, you know. The money we have is so small, we thought we had saved money. Uh, but when I said that, I mean, when I told them, this is what I found, blah, 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 they said, yeah, let's go for it. I thought these people are insane. <laughs> you know, they were meant to discourage me. They were supposed to say, no, we can't do it, you know. But once they said, I thought, okay, that, that's, that's a sign. Of course, inside of me, before I knew, I, well, I thought I knew that we were supposed to get it until they said the amount <laughs> of money, you know. And I thought, no, we're not supposed to get it. <laughs> and I thought they would convince me out of my insanity, you know. But then they convinced me further into it. But then the interesting thing, was I was talking to somebody who's in South Africa. 
And I was sharing with her, and I said, blah, blah, blah. You know, she said, oh, the place you're looking for, did you get it, blah? And I said, yeah, we, we, we were getting a place, we were moving there and all of that. And she said, is the place in Songo area? And I said, yes. I said, why do you ask? She said, because I saw it. Are you with me? The things that are seen, they are temporary, and they are subject to change by the things that are not seen. If I recently I was talking to Pastor Bidia and I said, you know what, because we've been talking, thinking, okay, let's get a place and build something or whatever it was. And I said, you know what, I, I don't know why. As much as I want that, I don't know why. But something about this place keeps telling me that we'll, we'll get something here. We'll buy up a place here. Somebody said, you have plenty of money. No. Maybe it's in your own account. I don't know. But, but as of now, I don't know. Amen. But I, I'm, I mean, as I said, something inside of me keeps telling me we'll get something here. It's, it's almost something I can see. Just like here, somebody, I mean, I remember one morning we were here, and as we were worshipping God, I could almost see a place. And I think immediately I told some people, go look for this warehouse. Yes, you remember that. You know, I haven't forgotten it all. I haven't forgotten it all. They looked and they didn't find it. Amen. They said, this, this, that, that. It's okay. Maybe not at that time, but we'll still find it. Amen. I said, amen. Because the things that are seen, they are temporary and subject to change by the things that are not seen. When we started having, uh, I mean, worship services in, in Lagos and all of that, it's only because God said something, have And we're praying, we prayed, we fasted for three days, and on the third day we're praying, and, and as we, we prayed, we were tired, of course, go to work, come back in the evening, and uh, we took all the unlikely posters for prayer. If you know what I mean, where are you? Pastor, everybody is laughing, you know. Well, you know, some, all of you know what I'm talking about. You know, all those ones when you lie down like this, I say you're praying, but half the time you sleep. You sleep a bit, five minutes sleeping, then pray for one minute. When you wake up and you hear someone, yeah, you, 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 and you sleep a bit again. You know, uh, so we, we had all the unlikely posters for prayer, but when we finished, God showed us what we were meant to do and, and what this was meant to be, and He showed us that this was a place of refuge. So, guess what? I know for certain that there's nobody who comes in here that doesn't get strengthened. I know for certain. Not because of anything, but because that is what God has shown. That is what God has shown this place to be. That you will be stranded. This is a place of refuge where people come in. He showed a big tree with very green leaves. I think Sister Bookie saw that. Pastor Inwai saw that. They saw virtually the same thing. And I'm not sure both of them had seen a vision before then. But it was this day that they were tired and half asleep that they saw exactly the same thing. The things that are seen, they are temporary and subject to change by the things that are not seen. Are you with me? Very quickly, let me wrap up. By saying to you that how do you uh, begin to, should I say, strengthen yourself in these things that we're talking about. Number one, spend time in God's Word. Spend time meditating in God's Word. That's the key word. Meditating. Can I hear you say meditating? I'm not talking about just reading it like a book. It's okay to read the Bible. It's okay to cram the Bible. Okay? But I'm talking about meditating, whereby you sit and you are looking at a verse and you are thinking about it. You are envisioning what it means for you. You begin to see certain things. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk was speaking. He said, I will set myself on the rampart to see what he would say to me. So when people say things to you, what happens? We see things... In pictures, not in words. Are you there? Or let me put it this way. Words form pictures in us. 
So if I stood here this morning and I said to you, a black dog. How many people saw B-L-A-C-K-D-O-G? How many people saw that? But when I say a big black dog, what happened inside of you? You saw a big black dog. You know the way we used to talk when we were young? You say, ah, a jamito. Amen? That means, Major's dog is as big as this. It's a lie. But when we're talking to somebody, you say, ah, you haven't seen Major's dog? <laughs> so when I say, big black dog, what you are seeing is a picture. Perhaps of a dog you've seen before that is black and big. Okay? You were not seeing B-L-A-C. So when you spend time meditating in God's word, it forms pictures inside of you. You begin to see what God is speaking about. He said, I will set me upon the rampart of Acuc 2.1 to see what he will say to me. So you begin to catch a revelation, see a picture of what God is saying about your life, of what God is saying about that situation. You begin to catch a picture, and that picture strengthens you and gives you the hope to move ahead. Amen? Number two, you pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in other tongues. Pray in the Spirit. First Corinthians 2. Maybe we should read that one as you stand up. And I try to close. First Corinthians 2. So I said to you two things to strengthen this that we are talking about. Remember we've been talking about what are you looking at? Because that is basically the fundamentals of Christian living. Is your ability to look not at the things that are seen because they are temporary, but to look at the things that are not seen. To look at the things that are not seen. Time will not permit to tell you plenty, plenty stories of myself, people, and all of that that I know and, and how people can know things. People can see things in the spirit, and what they see translates to the physical. Are you there? So 1 Corinthians 2, look at it from verse 9. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor, I, nor hear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man, of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know all of these wonderful things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. He said we receive the Spirit of God that we might know it, okay? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I was emphasizing that because people quote just verse 9. And they keep talking about the things that you cannot see, the things that you cannot see. But these things have been revealed to us, or they are being revealed to us by the Spirit. So never stop at verse 9. Realize that now they are being revealed to us. We can tell those things. We can see those things. They are being revealed to us even ahead of time. It says in verse 13 that these things we also speak. That's my emphasis. So pray in other tongues. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So these things we speak, one of the ways we exercise ourselves in this is that we speak those things. We speak them. We speak them. We speak them. As we speak it, there is a greater revelation. 
of those things that I has not seen here, has not heard, that have not entered into the, the heart of man, that God has prepared for us that love him. Begin to talk to God this morning. We'll take the communion. And that's just in line. The Bible says that when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to the disciples. They were talking about him and his, uh, and his crucifixion and all of that. And he was asking them what they were talking about and they were even laughing at him and said, ah, are you a stranger here? And then eventually he got to the house with them and the Bible says he broke bread, gave it to them, gave them wine, just took the communion with them and the Bible says their eyes were open. I believe God is talking to us this morning about the spirit of seeing and knowing. I believe God is releasing gifts of the spirit to us this morning. And as we take the communion, I pray indeed that word be confirmed in our lives more than ever before you enjoy visitations of God. You will be more clear in those things of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord for increased revelation in our lives. You show us things that are yet to come even as your word declares in John chapter 16. The Spirit will guide us into all truth, even things that are yet to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. Hopefully, you have picked something practical to apply for victorious living. If you loved this, then please send a message to admin at totalword.org or 090-93-30-3227 to let us know how this has blessed you. Also, head on to www.totalword.org slash podcast to listen to more. Stay blessed and refreshed till next time. God bless you.